Well, this morning we're finishing our series on faithful. So it's God's faithfulness to us. And I just invite you to grab a Bible, open your app, uh, and turn to Deuteronomy. So we're not in the book of Exodus anymore, but we're going to the end of the Pentateuch, and we're going to talk a little bit about what does this closure look like? Uh, So where is God faithful in all things? How is God faithful in all these things? So this is the end of the story. We're coming to the end of the story, and this end of the story is actually the end of this exodus out of Egypt into a promised land, but it is also a story of the end of the life of a leader, the end of the life of Moses. And I don't know, I I really enjoy reading biographies, and I read biographies mostly in the summer when I go on vacation. So I've read a number of biographies of Lincoln. I've read biographies, uh, or the actually an autobiography by Brian Mulroney, Winston Churchill, and probably others. If you go to my Kindle, you'd find I have a whole section that's just biographies. And I just love to read about what other people are thinking, what they're doing, and how their lives have been rolled out. One of the questions I would have for you this morning as you think about your own life is what would you want written on your gravestone? Now you might say, well, Pastor Reg, that's pretty dark. Like you're going dark here right away. And it's like, well, actually, you know, what would you, what would you want to be remembered for? What is, it, what is something you would think about? It's like, oh, I want to be remembered for this particular thing. Um, if, you, if you have a minute, uh, take a moment and actually send an e- email to the church saying, this is what I'd like to be remembered for. So if you're online, you can do that. We want to engage with this. Um, let me just tell you one of the things that happened in my life that I'm not sure this is what I want to be remembered for, but this is something that came up. I realized uh, during my work life that I was going off to a lot of meetings in the evening. So, you know, you, you, know, you send your kids off to school and you go to work and that's the, sort of the normal thing. And then you would come home and you have supper together. And I found that I was often leaving at night. So when our kids were little, I, I did something where I would adjust my meetings to later 7.30, 8 o'clock, so I could put my kids to bed. But then once they got to be old enough to be up later, what I would always say when I walked out the door was, see you later. And my kids told me that's what they're going to put on my gravestone. (laughs) I thought about it later. I was like, that's not actually a bad thing, right? Like, if we're going to see each other later, that could be be kind of cool. So that's uh, that's what my family has told me would be on my gravestone, so... Maybe it will be. I have no idea. Uh, as we complete this series on God's faithfulness in the life of Moses, Moses is, is telling us some of the things, or is telling the nation of Israel, and therefore us, some of the things that he wants us to remember. So you need to know that as we're doing this series on faithful, we aren't doing an exhaustive study of the book of Exodus. We're doing a flyover, what, what would be called in biblical terms like a survey. So we've done a survey of uh, Exodus. We didn't dive into the Ten Commandments. That could be a whole series in itself, and maybe will be at, at some point in time. Throughout our time, our focus has been on God's faithfulness to His chosen people. Now, this nation of Israel who came out of slavery, out of Egypt, they were far from perfect, and they even struggled as a group, as a nation, with following God. Just, I love reading through Exodus and going like, oh my goodness, they didn't get it again. And then God shows up in a powerful way and it's like, okay, now they should get it. It's like, no, they didn't get it again. And I think, oh yeah, that's like us. 
right? God shows up and we go, yes, and then we end up kind of losing our way. But God invites us back into the journey. So I want to encourage you with that this morning, that God is faithful in all things. God's faithfulness doesn't shift. What shifts generally is us. We move away from him. He doesn't move away from us. So today I'm jumping all the way forward to the final book of what's called the Pentateuch, the five books, to the book of Deuteronomy. So this book is Moses writing his memoirs and all of the things that he wanted this nation to remember and also to do before he dies. So let's look, take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 to 8. I'm going to read that text for us. So hopefully you can follow along on your app or in your Bible this morning. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Join me as we pray. Heavenly Father, as we look at this text today, we invite your Holy Spirit to be the teacher this morning, to teach us the things that we need to see in this text that you have shown to me, and maybe there's other things that you're going to show to others. But Father, we invite your Spirit here to guide and lead us and teach us this morning, for we pray this in your name. Amen. The first thing I want you to notice generally from this text is that God faithfully empowers leaders. We look at the life of Moses, and Moses, when he began to call out the nation and to lead them, was 80 years old, and he led them for 40 years, 40 plus or minus, but it says in this text he's 120 years old. Now, if you're here this morning and you're feeling old, Moses felt old. He was saying, I am out of gas. And yet he's also telling us how he developed the way to live to 120 years old. I mean, God sustained him. But how did he do this? How did God empower him as a leader? And to do that, we need to go back and look at Exodus chapter 3. So just flip back, find it, go in your app again, Exodus chapter 3. We're going to look at a couple of verses here. We're going to just look at how it is that God faithfully empowered a leader that led from 80 to 120. The first thing I want you to notice is that God actually calls him to the task. In Exodus chapter 3, we have the story of the burning bush. So Moses is busy tending sheep. His calling was to lead sheep. 
His calling was to see them reproduce. That was going to be his wealth. He was creating wealth. It was his business that he had. He was raising these sheep. And in the midst of this time, he's on this mountain where they're grazing, and he sees a bush that's burning that is not being burned up, and it's a strange thing to him, so he goes closer to the bush. And as he enters the space around it, God says to him, I want you to notice, the first thing God says to him is, take off your shoes. Sounds kind of weird. It's like, take off your shoes. Why? Where you are standing is holy ground. Now, I start with that because it's so important for us to understand that God was present in the calling of Moses. Without this particular understanding of who God was, that he was separate and special and holy, Moses would not have been able to do what God was asking of him. He needed to know who God was. Notice a couple of phrases in verse 10 of Exodus chapter 3, God says to Moses, I am sending you. So this wasn't Moses' idea. This was God's idea. God said to him, I'm going to send you. Moses is like, I'm here. I'm available. Now I'm being sent. Verse 12, it says, I will be with you. So Moses, in between each of these verses, and we studied this, you know, comes up with excuses. That shouldn't be me. I'm not the right guy. I've already got a job. Uh, I mean, sometimes that can sound like us. God calls us to something, and then it's like, oh, yeah, but I got all these other excuses. I got other things going on in my life. And that's what was happening with Moses. And God says, no, I will be with you. God empowers leaders by being with them. And finally, God says to Moses, because Moses says, what do I, who do I say sent me? And he said, I am who I am, which is where we get the name for God as Yahweh. So in the text that I actually read in Deuteronomy, you will notice that we use the word Lord multiple times. And if you look at your Bible, it's probably capitalized, which as you may or may not know, but when it's capitalized like that, it's actually the word Yahweh. I am who I am. There was power in this name. We don't see that in our particular culture, the, the, the power of names, but in this culture, Names were incredibly important, and they delineated the power that you had. So Moses was called, he was sent, he knew God would be with him. And who was this God? This is the all-powerful creator God. God empowers, faithfully empowers leaders. Without God's empowerment, we end up leading, leaders end up leading out of their own confidence and their own competencies which I would suggest to you are limited. So that when difficulties come, it's easy to just pack up and quit. Moses, as we've read the story throughout Exodus, had many moments where he wanted to just forget it. I'm tired. I just don't want to go on. Like, these people are driving me crazy. They're wearing me out. They're trying my patience. And for him to continue to serve in this way was only because he looked back at Exodus chapter 3 and saw the calling of God on his life and that God was the one who was empowering him. Well, let's look now at Deuteronomy 31 where here I would suggest to you God faithfully limits leaders. Just think about that for a minute. God faithfully limits leaders. 
Moses, in this text, says, I can no longer go out and come in. He had mobility issues. He just was having trouble getting around. And he's saying, you know, my my time is up. He's feeling his age. He knew that his work was done. God had told him, you are not going to bring this people into the land. Notice that I said God faithfully limits leaders. And I believe this is for the benefit of the people. Have you ever noticed how we emulate leaders? Just think about people, you know, whether they're, you know, on their Facebook or Instagram or their Twitter feed, and it's like, wow, we're following these people and they're great. Or we, you know, we highlight certain people, uh, you know, whatever it would be, a singer or an actor, and we just like, they're, yeah, they're awesome. We want to listen to what they have to say. That, that our tendency is to go to people and hold them in high regard. Now, not that we shouldn't hold them in high regard, but almost too much. So I believe God actually limits leaders. Uh, he does this in a couple of different ways. Every single leader has a lifespan. Now, when I talked about leadership couple of weeks ago, I said, we're all leaders. So all of us as leaders have a lifespan, right? We all know that, you know, we're going to live a certain number of years on this earth, and our life is limited. So in that way, we all have this lifespan. But I would also say people who are in leadership also have a lifespan. It's not like you can lead forever. There's times where, where you need to step back. And I have appreciated older leaders who have known when their time was the time to step back, and they have begun to do so, and they've passed the mantle. We'll talk about that in a minute. But they know that they're sort of reaching the end. As a young leader, I also wanted to be one who was learning from older leaders. Like sometimes we forget all of the history. Yesterday I I was in a meeting and uh, we asked a person who was retiring, who had been doing a particular job for 30 years, to give us their, sort of their life. Like, what was this like for you? And they began to describe what it was like. And one of the things they, they shared, and I mean, I'm, I'm old too, right? Like, just say, yes, we know, Reg, you're old. Uh, but I, I remember when, when they, the first, believe it or not, the first computers came out. And some of you were like, uh-huh, I, I remember that. And then she talks about how big the computers were. They took like a whole room and they could do like minimal amount of computing compared to what we have like in a laptop today. But she began to explore that with us. And we learned, we need as younger people to learn to hear some of that history and what it was like beforehand. As an older leader, I live with the knowledge that my time is limited. And Moses knew this and he wasn't afraid of it. God faithfully limits leaders. Out of this, as we look at this text, God uh, also gives leaders who, who serve well, they pass along the mantle of leadership. Leaders who serve well, you know, you can see a good leader by somebody who, who trains leaders around them. I loved what we did with the FX singers this morning. Now, besides my getting a bit of a workout... You know, like catch your breath when this is all done. I look at these young people who are on the stage and go, these are the leaders of their, their, their peers. And they will be the leaders moving forward. How are we investing and in pouring into their life? And I love it that we have 
leaders, adult leaders, who are willing to do that among us. So we pass that mantle of leadership. Moses and Joshua are just this excellent example of this passing along leadership. Moses took Joshua with him to meet with God. So if you read through Exodus, notice the spots where Joshua is mentioned. There were times where Moses said, come with me up the mountain. So nobody else went. It was Moses and Joshua. They would go up the mountain. Joshua would experience what Moses did, but in a different way because he's not the leader. He's now learning. In, uh, later, they build a tent where Moses can go and meet with God. And if you read the text, it says Moses would go out to be with the people, and guess who stayed in the tent? Joshua. He was learning. He was picking up the mantle of leadership. I think it's important for us to continually develop leaders. That's what discipleship is all about. Developing those around us, pouring into their life. Another thing out of this text that I see is that God limiting faithful leaders, or God faithfully limiting leaders, helps us not to focus on the leader, but on the one who empowers them. We need to focus on the one who empowers the leader. Notice what Moses writes here. He says, the Lord will, Yahweh will. If you read this text, go look at it again. Eight times in the version I have. Eight times his na- this name is mentioned in eight verses. Moses was being clear that Joshua was going to be the spokesperson, but it was Yahweh, it was God, who was acting on his own behalf for his benefit. Madonna came up and shared about prayer triads that focus on listening to God, engaging with Him and with each other in a listening exercise. Focusing not on a leader. So it's not like we, you know, we're having a big meeting and one person gets up to talk, but we're inviting everybody to hear from the Spirit of God together as we examine the same Scripture texts and pray for each other. So focusing on the one who empowers, not on the leader themselves. A little bit later on, as we look at this text in verses 3, 5, and 6, you'll see that God faithfully walks with leaders. In verse 3, it says, The Lord your God himself will cross over the Jordan, is what it's meant, over ahead of you. Moses now is speaking to the whole nation. He's telling them to walk with God, to follow his instruction, to know who he is. And what his heart is, this is saying, would you please let God lead? Human beings are going to let you down. I think everybody sitting in this room is say, can you say, you know, like, yes, I agree with that. Human beings will let you down. Yeah. They will let us down. So where do we turn to find the one who will not let us down. That is the God that we love and serve and has loved us. Following his instructions, knowing who he is, what his heart is to let God lead us. Verse 5, as we move on, it says, The Lord will, Yahweh will deliver them, speaking again to the nation. The next stage of the exodus 
was for this nation to go in and possess the land that God had given to them, had gifted to their forefather Abraham. There's a lot that we can stop and ponder about this, and we should. We just don't have time today. But it's really, this is about, if this gives you a little like, "Mm, I'm just a little uncomfortable with this, it's like, so am I. But what I go to is like, this is actually about God's holiness and man's sinfulness. And it leads us to this place. It can be hard to hear. It can be even hard to understand. But we can look back a bit further at Noah and the ark. And and we know when, when the flood came, there was the destruction of all of humanity that was alive at the time, except for the few who were in the ark. The invitation had been given to them to come. Come, be on the ark. And they said, no, we don't want that. And as we look at that particular situation, we see that they just decline. They say, no, we want to continue to live the way we are. And I think about that story in this one, and I see God inviting us to come to Him as we are. As we are. Broken, hurting, addicted, unloved, unloving. God invites us to come to receive from Him the healing that we need. But what if we don't come we don't come to receive from him what we need we don't accept the invitation and it really starts with our own sense of rebellion against God when we see when we see that we are walking away from him and not into our best which is what God has for us our rebellion moving toward God comes with us agreeing with God that we have opposed, that we are living in opposition to Him. And it may not look like it in our culture. It may look like, well, we're just going along. But it can be, it's, it's op- opposing what God wants for us. So in this text, we see God is the one who provides the way. Throughout the, the scriptures, we see God providing the way. As we look in the New Testament, as we, we're celebrating Palm Sunday, as we look forward to, to Good Friday and Easter Sunday coming, we know that God is the one who provides the way to him. We can't get there by ourselves. We need him. And so as we examine Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we see that that is the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. God faithfully walks with leaders. Notice what it says in verse 6, where he says this to the nation, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Yahweh your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. The promise here is of God to us, when we live and walk with Him, is that He will be with us. I love the definition of courage. Courage doesn't mean you don't have fear. It just means in the face of fear, you do the right thing. In the face of fear, we do the right thing. When we face battles that we know we can't win, God says to us, know the one who goes with you. Know the one who goes with you. When we walk with God, we have the promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. And when we turn away, he cares enough to let us go down a dark path and he waits patiently for us to turn back to him. God 
is faithful. And he faithfully walks with leaders. He faithfully walks with you and I when we turn to him. Lastly, I'll close with this. God is faithfully with us in all things. Moses told the nation that God was going with them. Notice that the mantle is passed on to a younger leader in verses 7 and 8. Moses now takes his leadership authority provided by God and he passes it on to Joshua. He said, here, you're now the leader. Notice that this faithful passing on the mantle is done publicly in front of all the people. He didn't just wait and do it in the tent. He wanted them all to know that God was placing his authority on Joshua to lead them. And it shows this public shift in leadership. I would suggest to you that Joshua was probably afraid, not necessarily because of the people they were going to face, but he was also afraid because how do you follow a leader like Moses? What's it like to follow a really good leader? You're going to feel insecure. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be like, am I going to be okay? I'm going to be different than this leader. I'm not the same person. I'm a different person. Am I going to be okay with that? And so it's hard to follow one who has led well. I love this promise of God, and I, I remind myself of it often. The promise of God being with us as we follow him is powerful and sustaining. When I as a human being go like, I am out of gas, I can't do this, and, it, and, and my response is often, of course not, of course I know I can't do it. But God has called, he called Moses, he calls Joshua, he calls leaders, he calls you to lead. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. The writer of the Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews 13, 5, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And it's coming straight from these words that God gives to Moses, that God gives to Joshua, that God gives to the nation of Israel. He says to us today, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. As we close this morning, let me just give you a couple of things just to, to focus on as we close. Like the what now? What do I do with this? These eight verses and what we've just talked about. I would suggest the first thing is you need to focus on the giver, not the gift. We have a wonderful gift of salvation, of new life, of power in weakness. But we can begin to look at just simply the gift and only at the gift and not at the giver. So I would encourage us to look at the giver of this gift. God coming to give his life for us. The gift of a leader at times can make us look to the leader and not to the giver of the gift. To look to the creator and the sustainer of this world. What now? I would encourage us, me and you, to develop our dependence on God. Read verse 8 for yourself. Yahweh himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. God goes before us. 
When you walk into your school, when you walk into your workplace, when you walk into wherever a family situation, can you just say, God, you are going before me. You are leading me into that place. And you are going to give me everything I need in that particular place. This word is obviously given to a particular time and a particular nation, to a particular people. But I believe that it is a word for you and I today to claim as a promise from him. The last thing I would say, and I'll invite the worship team to come up, is to prepare for leadership changes. You see, if when we do the first thing I suggested, focusing on the giver and not the gift, we're ready for leadership changes to take place. Because now we're looking at the right place for where those leadership gifts come from. So I want to invite you to prayerfully ask God to help us to see Uh, to see him as the giver of the leadership gifts and leaders that God gives us. Leadership changes take place, and it can be hard. It can even be painful. We grow to love, and we grow to be loved by our leaders. But our leaders can never replace God. Know that God is faithful in providing leadership for his church. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this example of Moses and Joshua of leadership. We thank you that you are the giver of all good gifts, including leaders that you provide for us. Lord, I pray that we would be those who would see you as that giver, and we would worship you, and we would invite you to speak to us. Thank you for those who've been given as leaders here in this place, in the past and into the future. Thank you for the promise that you go before us. And I pray for each person in this room, whatever they're going to face today into this week that they may not even know about. Lord, I pray they would know that you go before them and you walk with them. May we be strong and courageous because we know you are with us. For we pray this in your name and for your glory, Jesus.